Welcome to the Financial Fun Podcast with your host, Tammy Johnston. This is where Tammy talks with business owner parents and grandparents about the interesting and important subject of money. We promise this to be an interesting and open discussion, as that's how we learn best. And now, here's your host, author of the Financial Foundations. Financial Foundations is a series of books to teach kids about money, goal setting, and living a balanced life. Find out more at financialfund.ca. Here's Tammy Johnston. First things first, I would like to thank all of my listeners that have subscribed and reviewed my podcast and invite you to subscribe and review if you haven't yet. I appreciate you helping us to get the word out and making financial literacy a safe and welcoming subject for kids and adults. Second, please check out my podcast website, financialfund.ca, where you will be able to access past shows, find out more about me and our guests, as well as purchase the beautifully illustrated Financial Foundations books that teach kids about money in a fun, healthy, and holistic way. Hello once again, and thank you for joining us for the Financial Fund Podcast. Today, our guest is the lovely and vibrant Fran Watson. Thank you for joining us, Fran. Such a pleasure on you. So, Fran, tell us about your business. What do you do? Well, I teach a practical spirituality program called the Art of Feminine Presence. It's a way of working with women so that they can really be seen and heard in ways that really matter to them around their business life so they can make the impact they want to make with their gifts and talents. They can stand up and not shrink when they walk into a room uh, and hold positive attention and feel good um, when the stakes are high. It can be pretty stressful uh, in those important relationships to really hold all that we want to be, and this works really helps people stay in their body, feel proud of themselves, feel good about themselves. And I really love working with women that way. And also it really supports them in their um, personal relationships around keeping um, authenticity and honesty in all the relationships, personal, business, family, friends, all of that. Well, that is so important and so much needed because unfortunately... Our, our society, the media, just everything seems to press against women in particular, but men as well, to try and make people feel as insecure as possible so they'll spend all of their time, effort, and money being consumers to try and fill these, these voids and these gaps that have been created by society and the media. It's true, and I think in our current culture, um, there's been such an, uh, a lot of pressure on women to be Amazing businesswomen, amazing mothers, wives, girlfriends, what have you. And it's put a lot of pressure on us. And we all kind of find, I found, for me, I was living from my head up a lot, my neck up, uh, and feeling really exhausted and burnt out a lot. Um, and this work sort of got me back into my whole body, and that allowed me to really have a lot more fun, uh, a lot more energy, a lot more... Uh, true, um, well, a lot less stress, just a lot less stress. <laughs> and who couldn't use less stress in their life? <laughs> so it's been it's been a really powerful program for me and for many of the women that I work with. I do workshops and weekly classes and one-on-one coaching, just a, a really big variety. Oh, I, I, I could see how that would be particularly important to uh, 
self-employed women and women in sales in particular? It actually works really well. When I was in sales and I was a student of the work, my uh, income doubled when I started using the practices that I now teach. See, you're a woman after my own heart. I'm all for <laughs> increasing the income honestly, ethically, and fairly. <laughs> It was simply that people started to trust themselves and they didn't have to uh, create a stressful relationship with the person they're selling to. The trust was automatically in the room so that you could get past that sticky stuff and get to the offering of, of value. Yeah. Oh, much better. And what's your family situation, Fran? I am married and I have a young nine-year-old. Um, a senior mom. So uh, my son Angus was born when I was 43. So yeah, he's full on. He's got uh, some learning challenges and ADHD, but he's uh, he's such a big energy, big spirit, lots of fun. Well, that, that's that's always always a good thing. I in, in comparison to my my parents' generation and my grandparents' generation, I came to the motherhood game quite late too, but not quite um, as, as experienced as, as as you were. And there's pros and cons on both sides. Yeah, I I have to say that um, I'm grateful because it really did. Um, my husband and I we were we met late too, so we had a little bit more life under our belts on one hand, and a little bit more uh, of a cushion financially, I guess, when we started. But um, I think on the other end, the energy to do some things is a little less. <laughs> so. You know, we're not, uh, you know, we're, we're tired at the end of the day. <laughs> I think that just comes with being a parent, dear. I don't have anything to compare it to. Our, our, our children are great and we love them, but damn, they wear us out. It's true. It's true. He's He's uh, got a quick mind. It's zipping around, so it's like, ah, trying to keep up. So uh, we, we are really uh, pretty focused on uh, raising him the best we can and giving him the best we can, given his challenges, yeah. Well, when we were talking before, you were saying that uh, he goes he goes to a school that actually has a financial program at the school for the kids? It's uh, He goes to North Point School for Boys, and uh, every Friday they have a financial literacy component in their classes. So a lot of it's online, but then the big project at the end of the year was to uh, create, they, we had to create a business and figure out each kid, even from kindergarten, uh, right through grade nine. So we had our own little booth at a business fair. This has celiac disease. So we uh, made gluten-free nuts and bolts without nuts because it's a nut-free school. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any such thing as a, a, as a nut-friendly school anymore. You're right about that, too. But it was kind of fun. We had to price out, you know, purchase all the materials and price out how much it would cost per bag and what we would sell it for and... All of that was pretty cool, um, and he did pretty well too. Yeah, but we had to do a lot of that math with him, and it was a good reminder about you know how to how to actually keep it simple and come up with a, a plan that would be simple enough for him to grasp, but that connected to something important to him, which is his health. And that, that's something that everybody needs needs to learn. People make the biggest mistakes when it comes to money and business by overcomplicating it. it. Money and business are simple. People complicate it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and, and this, you know, it's nice and clear. Okay, the, the gluten-free pretzels cost this much. and But it was a fun family project. We had 
uh, and it was a beautiful day and, uh, you know, trying to make it so he could answer questions about his, why he was selling these, making these, um, all, all of that. So really getting behind and caring about what he was doing. Yeah. And what were some of the, what, cause, cause so if he goes to a school and I absolutely love and adore this idea where they're learning about finances, money, financial literacy every week. What are some of the questions that he's asking you coming home and learning these things at school? And like you said, bringing the questions home to you and your husband. I would like to say he asked a lot of questions. I think by the the end of the day, he was like, what did you do at school? And he was like, mm. but what I can say for sure is that he, what we did with him alongside that, what we're doing at home paired with what he was doing at school, um, which was he really wanted uh, an Xbox. And we're like, well, that's, so we went online, figured out how much that would cost. And he had to really put that money aside from any allowance that he got and the earnings that he got through um, little jobs that he was doing for my family or what have you. He put it away. And when he did, we would match it so that we figured out how long it would take him to earn that money so that he could have that Xbox. And it took him three months. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Well, we wanted to show him that if you put it away, sometimes the value accumulates. <laughs> so the, the, the bank of mom and dad being a matching financer, but you know, it was important to understand the long-term goals. We we're trying really hard to not say no when he wants something, but say, well, how is that going to work? How are you going to, find the money how are you going to earn the money for that what's your plan because we're just not going to hand it over because you want it so it also makes him clear about what he does and doesn't want because he's only going to work for the things he really cares to have yeah and i love that you mentioned that because so many so many kids they 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 want it and i want it i want it i want it i want it because they see it on tv or, or their favorite show or their friends have it and then they get it and they play for it with it for like half an hour and then they're bored. And, and then yeah. it was just a total and complete waste of, of time and money. But like you said, he's only going to work and save for and put the, put the time and effort into something that he actually sincerely wants. Exactly. So that's, that's the biggest thing we're doing with him right now. And I think when he would go back to school, um, and, talk about what he's earning and and he was he's just it was an amazing day when he was able to go and buy that uh xbox with with jim his dad and and just for us to say yes instead of no you know that you can do this you can have whatever you want you just have to figure it out and that that's a huge thing i remember so for christmas like years ago now from santa my daughter got her first nintendo the ds and then she decided she wanted the 3DS, so I made her, she had to save up for it. And then when we took her to the store, she was so proud of herself going through and, and paying with, for it with her own money. And she wanted to get the, get the pink one because that's her favorite color. But the, <laughs> uh, the, the turquoise one was on sale for $30 cheaper. And she figured that $30 could go towards a game, so pink wasn't quite as important, so the turquoise one won. <laughs> See, I love that. Yeah, absolutely. And because uh, Angus has a hard time visualing the value of what is a dollar, a hundred pennies, like one of his learning disabilities is around math. 
So the visualization of that doesn't work so well in a coin, but sort of say, okay, this item is cost this much, and this is what I have to do to earn that, and how many weeks it would take of his allowance, which we give him like a, um, he's nine, so he gets nine dollars a week. At you know when he turns ten next month, we'll m- probably stop at ten for a while. But you know that's the idea is just. And I'm glad that you give allowance. Do you have any rules around the allowance money? Just that he has to be really if he's if he wants something, that's what he uses to to spend it, and he has to think really really hard about the long term value of that. That you know so. If we're out in the store buying a birthday present for a friend and he sees something he wants, I'm like, well, that's coming out of your money. How do you feel about that? And then he might go, hmm, maybe not. Um, but we don't have a, I know my sister did sort of the one third, one third. You have to save some, you have to tithe some, um, and so forth. But right now, um, we, we don't have that. With more like we are putting money away for him for his education and support later, but right now it's about really connecting to what's important to him and whether he's willing to to part with his money for it. Well, you have you have to tailor the lessons around money and everything to what your child can grasp. It it, it it's very customized thing. Like I I'm a, I'm a big fan of of having the different jars. My daughter has six, but my daughter's not your son. Right. And he may need to do that. I think one of the things that where we haven't been as good is, and that I keep wanting is is dealing more in cash versus, OK, so this week, um, sometimes we forget and he forgets. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it builds up and I think, oh, we haven't given him his allowance for three or four weeks, <laughs> you know, thirty six dollars or yeah. um that kind of thing. Or he sees something he wants and then we say, well, that's going to be three weeks of your allowance. The next three weeks, you won't get anything if we get that now. That kind of thing. And you know what? I love that. Like you're saying you're doing that because like to work with his, his, his learning disability around the math and stuff like that. But I think everybody needs to wrap their head around that concept because there's so many people. It's like, oh, it's only three hundred dollars for, for these for these like this Louis Vuitton bag or whatever in the world it is. And I'm going, OK, how much do you make an hour? And how many hours do you have to work after all your taxes and deductions are taken off for you to pay for that? And then they go, <laughs> I never thought of it that way. I said, maybe you should. Yeah. Well, I've been a self-employed since 1995. So with a variety of different uh, works, like different uh, careers I've had. But uh, so everything comes down to what I could charge per hour and whether it was worth three hours of my life, you know. So he's learning about is it worth three waiting three weeks or yeah. <laughs> round of allowance. So it's and how what will he have to do to earn that money um, and is it worth that? Yeah, no, I think that I think that's a fabulous lesson, and I honestly believe that everyone should learn that one because it it still surprises me how many people do not even grasp the concept okay how much how much money how much time and effort and work do you have to put in to pay for that and do you really want it that much that's the thing about having your own business right like it really does connect you to uh your your effort and your sweat and 
going through, have you seen any of like the curriculum or any of the stuff that they're they're teaching your your son at school on the financial stuff? It was an online program that they did while they were there. So it there were a number of modules, and I didn't uh, get a good chance to get into it uh, because they did it all there. But I think that he will. Um, I'll have to share it with you and, and the link and see what you think of it. Um, it seemed to get into some ideas around investing and that kind of thing uh, as they went down the line. But, you know, the kids in his class are in grade three to six. Yeah. And the little boys were, had jars where they were saving their money and they got their jars at the end of the year kind of thing if they didn't dip into them. <laughs> it was so I didn't get a good chance to look at it, but it did look like they were dealing with the ideas of saving and insurance and a lot of fairly big concepts, which I think are important um, and investing. But um, some of it w- would have probably been a little bit more than his brain would have taken in easily. That happens. But what I, what I found not just on the subject of money and dealing with kids, but on all subjects, you start exposing it to them quite young and they might not fully grasp it, but they become more comfortable with the topic. And then they start asking questions and they start grasping things much younger than you'd ever imagine because of, of that repeated exposure, the drip, drip, drip method. And I'm all, I like that for sure. And so, and we do talk about it a lot in that way um, in terms of, you know, what the value of things, Really, we just talk a lot about the value of things. Uh, and what? It, why are? You, why is? Why do you have to go to work again tonight? Or that kind of thing. It's like, well, if you like this house, that's what we work for, and you know, so he understands that there's an exchange going on for that work. So, what? Are, what are some of the things that you and your husband want, or are personally working on teaching your son? Well, like I say, uh, the idea of if you want something. You need to really think about what the plan is to have that thing. And we save up for things like right now, um, we have, we would love to have a trip. We want to go to Hawaii. And, um, right now we're saving a lot of our coins. Like any loose change around the house goes into a jar. We're practicing counting that, rolling that and putting it away so that hopefully sometime early to middle of next year, we'll have enough stuff saved for our spending money and, um, you know, that he will have to contribute to that. So those are the kinds of things sort of looking at um, when we were kids, I think when Jim and I were kids, we were raised by parents who came from uh, wartime and depression. I think the mentality around money was very conservative and that's good. Um, like, you have to earn it, you have to save it, but there was just so much fear around it and that what you want doesn't really matter. It's um, the answer is no. <laughs> and, and there were definitely like my, my parents didn't go through, but my grandparents went through the great depression. In fact, they lost their farm shortly after they got married in 1931. Like just everything was horrible. And one of the things that I always saw from my grandparents growing up is like my grandmother would use things until there was absolutely no way whatsoever that it could be patched, repaired or anything before she'd throw any. And like, I remember seeing like dish towels and towels and stuff around the house that were like so threadbare and all that. 
and she had these beautiful, brand new, thick, fluffy towels put away in the cupboard that she would not touch because those other towels were still good and usable. So it kind of went so far to the other extreme. And then when they passed away, many, many years ago now, it was like half a million dollars that they never enjoyed or did anything with because they were stuck in that depression, scarcity, you never know what's going to happen mentality. So you just nailed it exactly. That's how we were raised. Such an interesting thing to wrangle as a grown-up, you know. It can swing. The finding that line is really interesting, like earning it, saving it, but not being afraid of wanting something because you won't get it. It's like, no, you are allowed to desire something. You're allowed to want something. Just recognize that you're responsible for, for making that happen. The answer is no. It's like, how? Yeah, and, 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 and that, and that balance thing, cause then, then you, then you see people on the other side that, that whatever they want, even if they want it for like a nanosecond, they go out and they spend the money on it and they've got, they've got boxes and closets and everything full of all this brand new crap that they've never used because they're trying to fill a void in their soul by buying material objects. Like, you see the two extremes and it's like, like you said, how, how do you come up with with a healthy balance of, of planning for the future and saving for a rainy day and enjoying life now at the same time. It's a big deal to me to get that right. And I think that's really what the gift, if we can give him that, is to be really conscious about what you're doing with your money. That money is, um, that freedom is a very high value, freedom from debt and also freedom to choose to do something you really want to do, but, you know, like finding out that it's lining up one's values with one's expenditure and how you make your money has to be really conscious too, I think. So the consciousness around it is, you know, what we're trying to live day in, day out. And it's not always easy. My husband was without work for the last year in this Calgary economy and it, we had to really rein things in and he got to be part of that as well. It's like, I'm sorry, we're you know, we just don't eat out, right? We don't eat out. And and, and that that's not a bad thing. One of one of the things that so many people have problems with is because yes, Calgary got hit hard with, with oil prices being down and so many layoffs and, and it taking a long time for a lot of people to find work again. But they they they, they don't make their kids part of it. They try to protect them and, and they're dealing the parents are dealing with all this stress and stuff. And they think they're sheltering the kids, but the kids are picking up on that. They just don't know what's going on. And it scares them even more than being up front and going, okay, this is what's going on. Like, everything's fine, but we're going to have to make some changes for right now. And then they're going, okay, this is something I can help and I can deal with. Yeah, and we, you know, we were able to go on uh, trips in the past. And that's something that, you know, isn't immediately, like, not happening. But we are saving for it again um, now that he's back to work. But it's going to take us a little time to recover. And, you know, we are putting money away from him for him. He doesn't know about that. He's yeah. thinking about his future so much. But I just want him to know that um, we we pay attention. And we also were able to weather the storm the last year. Yeah, we didn't have to lose our home or anything like that because we, we were conscious about making sure that we could <laughs> survive like that. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to be on the podcast. It was a lot of fun talking with you, Fran. 
My pleasure. Thank you, Tammy. Before we leave each other, I would ask all of you listening to please subscribe to and rate my podcast. A review would be most appreciated and feedback is always welcome. Whether it be a comment, future topic suggestions, and or questions you or your kids would like to have answered in the Ask Tammy column on the financialfund.ca website. Please feel free to check me out on Facebook at Financial Foundation's Children's Books, on Twitter at Financial Fun, and Instagram at Financial.Fun. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Financial Fun Podcast. Join Tammy Johnston again next week. For more information, please visit financialfund.ca.